Of course, I've been an American all my life, and I've been in Texas most of my life, and I've never known the American culture to be more troubled. Never have. We're in a very, very troubled culture in, in just about every way. Now, there's so much anger. There's, there's, you know what? There's issues. And it seems like everybody's offended. Everybody's got an issue about something or other, and everybody's mad and um, or perplexed or confused or desperate or whatever. And so that's why I want to talk today in this little series I've started, The People That Jesus Touched. We're going to be looking... We looked last week at the man with a withered hand. I'm going to look this week at the woman with an issue. The woman with an issue. And we're just going to look for the next few weeks at, at the people Jesus touched. Because the people he touched are just like you and me. They're just like you and me. And so I'm going to read out of Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 25. Zip right through this story. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. She'd heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. She thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, just the robe, I will be healed. And then it says, verse 29, immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Verse 30, Jesus realized at once that healing power, I love this, this is so powerful. He realized that healing power had gone out of him. He felt it go out. And So he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? Everybody's touching you in other words. Verse 32, but he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. I love that. Love that. I want you to say with me, he's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So what what happened here? Uh, He's the same. Same Jesus that did that is here today. And I don't know, you may have been invited to church. Maybe you haven't been in church in a long time. Maybe you're not even... A professing Christian, but I want you to listen carefully that Jesus is in the house by the presence of the Holy Spirit, and He knows what your issues are. She had an issue, and He knows what your issues are. And I pray that today, as He walks up and down the aisles, He touches your issue and heals the issue and delivers you from the issue. We're going to have an encounter today with Jesus. We're going to have an encounter. How many of you came to see Jesus? Not a church name, but Jesus. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your precious word today. We pray that, Lord, not one person with an issue here today leaves with that same issue not having been touched. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, Jesus is in the house.
Amen. Now, I want to consider this woman today because she illustrates what so many of us are going through. It's what I saw at this pastor's conference. So many people, uh, men of God, women of God, ministers who stand in pulpits every day, every week, uh, and, and minister to great, great numbers of people, um, have gone through the ringer, have gone through major stuff, and have had to deal with some hard times, and so have you. It hadn't been easy for anybody. So there's a lot of people going through stuff today. And so since she really illustrates us, then I want to take a look at her. I want us to consider what we just read that this woman had been through, because she's a, she's a woman just like the women here. Uh, she's a human being just like us. And let's look at what we know about her, her life for 12 long years has been hell on earth. 12 years of suffering. She at first began to experience hemorrhaging. We don't know why, but she began to experience hemorrhaging. She, she began bleeding. And after going to the doctor, she got no better. She went to the doctor and said, well, I'll just go and let the doctor tell me what to do and, we, and we'll get this fixed. Uh, now, when it first started, she had a normal life. She, she had, maybe she had a family. We don't know. It doesn't tell us. But we know she's an older woman because she's been suffering for 12 years at this point. Um, and the doctor, she spent the money, went to the doctor, and it didn't help her at all. The condition kept on. So she decided to go get a second opinion like all of us would do. And when she went to get the second opinion, the doctor gave her a prescription or whatever. She spent money, and it still wasn't fixed. And so her condition by now, because we know what happens when you lose blood continuously, you are weakened, you lose your energy, you begin to become lethargic. And the Bible says that her situation went from bothersome to serious to desperate because nothing is fixing her. Doctor after doctor failed to help. It says she got no better. In fact, she only got worse. So the condition that she was dealing with at the beginning, it didn't even get a little bit better or kind of better or enough where she could uh, live with it. But no, she got worse. And it began to... Uh, multiply and become more and more aggravated. This woman experienced dashed hopes over and over again. You know what it's like when you're hoping for something. The Bible says deferred hope makes the heart sick. When, you, when your hope is dashed, it makes your heart sick. But imagine having your hope dashed over and over and over and over and over and over ad nauseum, ad infinitum for 12 years. Hope after hope, dash, this one's going to fix it, that one's going to fix it, this is going to take care of it. And she would put her hope only to have her hope dashed over and over again. And on top of this, she was financially ruined. The Bible says she spent not some, but all her money. She spent everything that she had. She watched her savings dwindle. And remember now, she couldn't work. She had no source of income, no financial stream. And so she's watching her money 
go away. So, so, so now the, the, the hope is, is really exacerbated by the fact that if this doctor doesn't do it, I'm out of money. If this, if this place, this doctor, this prescription doesn't do it, my money is gone and I'm not going to be able to go to any doctors anymore. I'm stuck with this. This is the way I'm going to have to live the rest of my life and adding to this misery was the isolation her condition caused. Because the Bible in the Old Testament had made this poor woman untouchable. It says in Leviticus 15, 19, if a woman has a discharge of blood, she shall be set apart seven days and whoever touches her shall be unclean until evening. So, a woman with this condition, the Old Testament Mosaic law had told the Jewish people, you can't go near her. You, you can't get around her until the condition goes away. And it was expected to go away, but with her, it never went away. So she experienced social isolation. She couldn't have anybody go through this with her. There was nobody that could come alongside her if they, unless they wanted to break God's law. And they were still under the Mosaic law because Jesus hadn't died and risen from the dead yet. So they're still under the Mosaic law. And, and so you got to imagine social isolation for 12 years. That's 4,383 days. That's 624 weeks. That is 144 months. In our vernacular, we would say 12 Christmases alone, 12 Thanksgivings alone, constant aloneness. For 12 long years, she bore the emotional and psychological baggage of being unclean and untouchable. No hugs or kisses, no shows of affection. She could not prepare her family's food if she had a family. She could not do housework. She couldn't be a wife. She couldn't be a mommy. She, she sat in, in grueling isolation, staring at the walls for 12 years. For all intents and purposes, I'm gonna tell you, this woman was as good as dead. And, and there were probably times she thought, I wish I were dead. I'm just, I know human beings. I know the way we think. When you lose all your hope and all your money, you know, you can live for a while. Uh, you, you can live for not very long, but for a little bit without oxygen. You can live for a few days without water. You can go even longer without food, but you can't live long at all without hope. If your hope dies... Then, then you begin to die. That's why hope is so important. We need hope. We need hope. And where is hope? The Bible says that our God is the God of hope. But this woman had lost hope. And this woman mirrors the lives of untold numbers of people today. Many of you listening to this message, you may not have physical hemorrhaging going on, but you've got an issue like she did. There is something on the inside of you that is bleeding can I just talk to you real today? Can I talk real life today? Can we do real talk for a minute and not be religious and put sanctimonious halos over our head and act like nothing ever goes wrong? No, life happens to all of us and sometimes the blows that life deals to us cause bleeding on the inside. And we walk into church and we're bleeding on the inside. Somebody offended you, somebody hurt you, somebody betrayed you, somebody walked out on you, you lost your dream, something has been shattered in your life and, and, and you think about it and when you think about it, there is pain and you're bleeding on the inside. There's an issue.
Amen. See, millions are bleeding on the inside of all kinds of issues. I know that. All I've got to do is watch the news. And I see people filled with anger, filled, filled with vitriol, filled with shame, filled with fear, filled with vengeance. Somebody hurts you, rejected you, betrayed you, and you're still bleeding from it. Or maybe you were abused by a trusted family member or some authority figure years and years ago, and yet, truth be known, the bleeding has never stopped. When you think about it, you bleed on the inside, you hurt on the inside. There is something that has not been healed, something that hasn't been fixed, something that has not stopped that inner bleeding. Someone repeatedly told you you were no good or you were worthless, and and their voice bleeds into your memory. And I know this happens with people because it happened with me. And Jesus, here's, here's the message of this story. Wherever you're bleeding, however you're bleeding, Jesus Christ is the answer to the issue. Now, now I, love, I love what happened because the Bible says when she was at the end of her rope, I'm telling you, she was at the end of her rope. She saw no way out. She was up against the wall. She was backed into a corner. She had done everything humanly possible. There were no more answers until she heard about an itinerant preacher coming through town. And, they, and she caught his name. It was Jesus. Do you know, church, that everything changes when you hear about Jesus? Everything changes when you hear about Jesus. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And the gospel is the message of Jesus Christ. And when you hear of Jesus, it it changed for me. Sitting in juvenile home, I'm sitting there with a felony on me when I'm 16 years old. I had no more answers at all. I had been to psychologists. I had been to counselors. I had been in all kinds of trouble as a young person. And I got put in juvenile home for a felony drug charge and sitting there in, in the juvenile home. And I, and I just thought my life is over. My future is done. There's no more answers. What am I going to do? I heard about Jesus. I heard about Jesus. How many of you are so glad for the day you heard the name Jesus? How many of you are so glad when you heard that name, it did something inside of you? Oh, yeah. And so I heard about Jesus, and she heard about Jesus when she was at the end of her rope. And the Bible says she understood that he was headed towards her town. And and when she heard all the scuttlebutt going around about this preacher that was having miracles and signs and wonders that followed him. And what really grabbed her attention was she heard that he was a healer. She heard that people were being healed by this preacher named Jesus. She heard that they were being healed. And the stirring stories of his miraculous power were all the rage. The whole town was talking about it. But listen, something deep down in the dying soul of this woman began to come alive. Faith began to rise because faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes. Right now, I'm preaching the word of God to you, and I'm going to tell you what it's going to do. It's going to boost your faith. 
It's going to raise your faith level. Not the words of Jeff Wickwire, but the words of the Bible. This is why I quote verses all the time. People say, boy, you quote a lot of Bible verses. You better believe it because there is power in the word of God. Not my words, but the word of God. There's power. So I quote all the verses I can stuff into a message. Because we need to hear the word of God. Because faith comes by hearing the word of God. And the the gospel is the power of God. It, It contains the power of God. The story of Jesus contains the power of God. Amen. And so she hears about it, and soon she heard a tumult. She looked out, and she sees a huge crowd moving through her town. And she said, it must be him. And this woman, faith had already been built because she heard about Jesus. And now her hope has gone a whole different direction. She's not looking to doctors. She's not looking to chance. She's not looking to different things that the world could offer. But now her hope, her attention, her focus, her fixation is on this man she's heard about. And something in her knows, if I can just get to him, if I can just get to him, folks, let me tell you something. Something is going to happen to you when you say, if I can just get to him, if I can just go to him, if I can just draw near to him. The the answer is not always this way. There are are some things this way will never, never, never fix you, but you got to go this way. You got to look up. And this woman's attention went from this way to this way. And for the first time in her whole life, she's looking up. And she says, if I can just get to him. And she sees the man at the center of the crowd. She sees what everybody, the person everybody is staring at. And she says, it must be him. And she's desperate now because he's moving through her town. And he may never come that way again. And folks, can I tell you, when, when God approaches your life, whether you're a believer or not a believer, when he extends grace to you to help you through some problem, some issue, when he extends that, gra- that, that grace, grab it while the grabbing is good. Grab it when Jesus is passing by because Jesus was passing by. And she says, this is it. I gotta get to him. I don't care what people think. I don't care what they say. I don't care how they judge me. I don't care if I scare them off. I've got to get to Jesus. And in, in, in a moment, th- there was a Holy Ghost inspiration that came to her. It had to be the Holy Spirit. She said, if I can just press through the crowd, I don't have to even touch him. If I can just get a hold of the hem of his garment. There's something about this man that is so powerful. See, faith was rising in her heart more and more and more. Her faith was growing the closer she got. Because maybe she at first thought, well, I've got to touch his, his skin. I've got I've to hug him or shake his hand or something. But no, she says, now I know if I can just grab hold of the hem of his garment, what he's wearing, th- th- there is a power invested in this man. There is something about this man. Now, in those days, Jews wore cloaks with tassels on their four corners. So you would wear these cloaks and... There's this beautiful tassel on each of the corners of the cloak, and the tassels had a blue cord woven into them, symbolizing God's law and their duty to keep it. And, and so many people had an almost superstitious belief that if these tassels, these tassels were sacred objects because they represented God's law, the Mosaic law, would have come through Moses, whose face had shined in the dark. 
It helps explain why she thought, if I can just touch the hem, if I can just grab one of those tassels, something's going to happen to me. So she slowly, methodically moves through the crowd. She's pushing a little bit, shoving a little bit. She's already made up her mind. I don't care what anybody thinks. I've got to get to Jesus. I don't care what people think. I've got to get to Jesus. I'm desperate. This is it. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Please excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. Pushed a little, pressed a little. A few people got irritated. She didn't care. Maybe she pulled her shawl down over her face to avoid, avoid being recognized as that unclean woman. And, and finally, she maneuvers right behind him. And when she gets right behind him, she kneels down and reaches out and grabs that tassel. That purple, beautiful, sacred tassel. And folks, instantly, everybody say instantly. Instantly, she felt a change in her body. I don't know, we can only guess. A tingling sensation, a warmth that coursed through her from head to toe. But whatever it was, whatever it felt like, she knew. She felt it. It was tangible. And Jesus felt it. It was a tangible power because he felt it go out of him and she felt it go into her. And immediately, a woman who had been tortured, isolated, hopeless, dashed, crushed, for 12 years, was healed. Jesus realized at once the healing power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my robe? Now, I love Dr. Luke's account. We're going from Mark to Luke. Luke records, Jesus said, somebody deliberately touched me for I felt healing power go out from me. The word power, dunamis, means spiritual energy, spiritual force, spiritual might. And that same dunamis today is available through the name of Jesus. By calling on the name of Jesus. That same dunamis. It's spiritual power. It's not an earthly power. It's not from here. It's from there. It breaks chains. It rebukes devils. It heals diseases. It fills you with the power of God's spirit. It empowers you to do what you could never have done. It empowers you to defeat sin in your life. It breaks the shackles off of you. It changes you. It turns you into a new person. The dunamis power, spiritual energy. His disciples looked at him and said, hey, boss, what are you talking about? Everybody's touching you. Why are you worried about one touch? And the reason was because only one of them was the touch of faith. Only one of them was the touch of faith. Some people touched him out of affection. Some people touched him out of curiosity. I believe some people touched him out of superstition, like, you know, rubbing a rabbit's foot. Maybe if I just touch him, it'll bring something good to me because this is the miracle man. But this woman, no, no, no. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. It was the touch of faith. She put her faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. If an older lady could do cartwheels down the street, she did it. Because this is 12 long years of suffering over with. Now, let me just bring this home and I'll close. First, like this woman I got to tell you the truth. The whole human race has a bleeding issue. The whole human race has a bleeding issue. Any of you watching right now online, 
The whole human race has a bleeding issue. I wish I could go on ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, all of them, and say, let me tell you something. We don't have a racism issue. We don't have a violence issue. We don't have a drug issue. We don't, we don't have a divorce issue. We don't have an abortion issue. The bottom line is, the root issue is we have a sin issue. The whole human race is bleeding with a sin issue. The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost, Jesus said. Luke 5, 31, and again Jesus answered and said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. John wrote, you know that he appeared, he appeared, why? To take away sins. He appeared to take away sins. The whole human race has a sin issue. Now you say, well, what is sin? It's breaking God's law which we do quite well, thank you. What is his law? You shall not worship any other God. You shall not make false idols. You shall not take God's name in vain. Uh Uh-oh. You shall observe the Sabbath. You shall honor your parents. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. You shall not covet and want what other people have. Now, those Ten Commandments I just read to you, we all break. Now, you say, well, I don't break all of them. I just break one or two. Well, James has something to say about that. He said, whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. But there's not a person in here who can say, you haven't told a lie. There's not a person in here that can't say, you haven't borne false witness that you haven't stolen something that wasn't yours. I mean, maybe some of you can say that, but if you take all 10 commandments and put them together in a blender and hit liquefy and pour them out, we've all drank it. And just like this woman, doctors couldn't help her. Doctors can't help you with the sin problem. Mm -mm. Psychologists can't erase the stain of guilt from your sin. I don't care what Freud says or Jung or any of the others. They can't erase the stain of your sin. A surgeon can't remove the fallen nature from you. No, there's no help in doctors. You can go spend all your money like this woman seeking for a solution to your sin problem, but you'll still come up empty-handed. You can't rehabilitate sin away. You can't deny it away. You can't distract it away. You can't positive think it away. Years ago, I had an ink stain on my carpet. Blue, deep blue, almost black ink in my carpet. Made me sick when I did it. But there it was. Uh, Maybe you wouldn't have noticed it if you'd have come into my house, but I saw it every time I sat down in my chair. There's that ink stain. I tried everything to get it completely out, and I could not get it completely out. When people would come over, I'd cover it up. Like so many people cover up the sin in their life, put on their best face, put on their I'm a good person, I've got it going on, I'm more than all that in a bag of chips. But the sin is still there. You can cover it up, but you can't erase it. You can't get rid of it. You can't remove it. It's not going to happen. It's a mark on the carpet of your soul that you're helpless to remove. 
Only God can remove the stain. But I've got to come to him for the cleansing. Only God can get rid of that sin stain in your soul. Nobody else can. And if you don't go to Jesus Christ on the cross, you will die in that sin. And you will answer for that sin. But I came with good news today. He appeared to take our sin away. He appeared to take it away. Amen. Come on, everybody. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood can take the sin stain out of your soul. Until that happens, you're bleeding. I close with this. Only Jesus can heal your inner bleeding issues. There's the sin, but there's a lot of Christians walking around bleeding. Oh, man, a lot of them. Only Jesus can take care of the bleeding issue. Only Jesus. Here's the woman at the well. I'm going to listen to this quick story, and we're going to pray. Here's the woman at the well. He does that, and at first I think God is amening me. Angels are starting to sing over this message. Oh, man. All right. Here's the woman at the well. Be sure it's real light, brother, real light. But I like him so much. Here's the deal. (laughs) Here's the deal. She meets him at the well. Jesus sits down to talk to her. He broke all racial protocol because she's a Gentile, he's a Jew. So he's already crossing racial barriers sitting down with her. She said, what are you doing talking to me? We're not supposed to be talking. But Jesus didn't recognize that because Jesus doesn't see race. Jesus only sees people. Come on, everybody. And she's a a Gentile, a Samaritan. And that was the worst of the worst, Samaritan. They start talking. She says, I want this living water you're talking to me about. Because he had told her, I got, I got some water that if you drink from it, you will never thirst again. She said, give me that water. He said, okay, let's deal with your bleeding issues. He said, go get your husband. Now he's meddling. And she said, well, I, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You've had five. And the one that you're living with now? ain't your husband. Nailed her. What was her bleeding issue? Failed relationships. That was her bleeding issue. One man after another after another, and it didn't work, and it didn't work, and what's wrong with me? Why can't I make this work? And how come I keep going from relationship to relationship, failure to failure, broken heart to broken heart. I'm so sick of this. I'm just not going to get married again. I'll shack up. And Jesus dealt with the bleeding issue. 
And as soon as he told her, you've had five and the one you're with now, let her know. He knows everything about me and he doesn't know anything about me in the natural. How do he know this? He must be a prophet. And she placed her faith in him. And when she placed her faith in him, she became the first New Testament evangelist. A woman became the first New Testament evangelist. She went into the town and told everybody in that town, listen to this, I like this, come see a real man. She said, come see a real man. Now, really, read it. You Go home, read it. John 4, come see a real man who's told me everything I ever did. Isn't this the Messiah? I think she was digging the guys in the town. You sorry, excuses of men. Come see a real man. And they all turned out. The whole town turned out. And came to Jesus Christ and put their faith in him. Let's stand together. Where are you bleeding today? Where are you bleeding today? Bring it out into the open. Bring it to Jesus. And we're going to ask the Lord to heal issues today. With our heads bowed for a moment, let me ask. If you can say, Pastor Jeff, this spoke to me because... I do have an issue. I've got something that when I think about it, it still hurts. It still vexes me. I'm dealing with this and I need the healing of the Lord. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All over this place. Amen. Many, many people. I want you to do something for me. I want you to come down to the altar right now. Come on, come on down. I'm gonna get down here with you. Come right now. I'm dealing with an issue and I need to be healed. I need healing. The, the issue is, is making me limp. It's, it's hindering me. It's affecting my walk with God. It's affecting my earthly relationships. I've got this issue. It's an issue. Many, many people. Come a little closer because they're coming up behind you. There's a lot of people. Come on. Now, with our heads bowed for one more moment. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're like this woman. You've heard this message today, but there's a sin issue. Your sin hadn't been covered. There's still a stain on the carpet of your soul, and it needs to be removed by the blood. And I want to invite you to come to Jesus. I want to invite you to come to Jesus. Only he can remove it. So if that's you, I want you to come down now. Come now. I need Jesus. Here's some coming now. I want you, I, I, I need Jesus. I was so thankful in juvenile home when I was 16, so long ago, that I felt when I prayed that prayer to receive Christ, this huge weight lifted off of me because the, the sin stain. Though your sin be as scarlet, it'll be white as snow. Though it is red like crimson, it'll be made like wool. So come if you need Jesus. Amen. We're going to pray. Now all of you, look at me for a minute. Do you believe that he's the same today as he was yesterday and forever? Do you believe that? Because we're going to go to him now with the issues. 
issues. And some of you are going to have to forgive somebody. That's the issue. You need to forgive them. No matter how hard it is, you can tell your tongue to talk. Say it. I forgive them. Because somebody hurt you and you've, you've been bleeding ever since. The Lord wants you free of that. Do you know that this church is a result of me having to forgive several people who really, really damaged me, tried to. And if I had not forgiven them, and I mean repeatedly too, many, many times I had to say it, this wouldn't be here. There would be no church. Amen? You got to forgive. Ain't nobody, nobody worth your future in God. Nobody. So let's lift our hands to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I give you the issue. Name it. Tell him what it is. Say it. Just tell it to him. Say, here's what it is. I give you the issue. I give you this issue. You know what it is, Lord. You know why I'm bleeding on the inside. I say, if I need to forgive, I stand here forgiving right now. If I need to receive grace on the issue, then I receive your grace and I respond right now. Jesus is passing by. I'm not going to let him pass by without seizing hold of him and receiving. He's passing by in this altar right now. Say, Lord, thank you. Now I place the issue in your nail-scarred hand. I place the issue. Say it with me. I place the issue in your nail-scarred hand. I give you that person, that place, that thing, that decision, that event. I give it to you. And I release it into your nail-scarred hand. I'm grabbing hold of you. Healer Jesus. And I'm receiving my freedom from it. In the name of Jesus. Say with me, in the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now lift your hands and just say, Jesus. Now let's give him a wave offering. Say, Lord, thank you. I receive the beginning of the end of that issue. Today is the beginning of the end. I'm not going to see it the same. I'm not going to experience it the same. But you have undertaken a healing in my life today that I will no longer bleed from this thing. Now, if you came down to receive Christ, say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and rose from the dead. I place my faith in you. I repent of the sin you came to remove from me. I repent of it. And I ask you to forgive me. In Jesus' name.